Welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. We're a group of friends that love talking comics and all that it entails. Uh, we're based out of Dallas, so you'll hear us talk about how these comics make up a part of our daily lives, including our local comic shop, conventions, and other forms of entertainment. Welcome. into the regular show. How do people naturally talk to each other? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, this I'm is so, weird. I'm so aware of my arms right now. <laughs> what do I do with my arms? What do I do with my arms? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm Jack Donaghy. <laughs> we, uh, we don't even is, have video. I was going to say, this is all visual humor. We're not even <laughs> on Twitch today. Um, yeah, welcome to another episode um, of Next Issue. We are... I don't know, just kind of bullshitting around here. Uh, sorry, we have a child here, so <laughs> cursing will be immediately followed by apologies today. Oh, good. I thought I thought you were going to say don't curse. And oh no, because I know I'm going to slip. Oh, I know I cursing will too. is heavily encouraged. I'm not. I'm not going to go like full like Garth Ennis cursing, but we have to get that e tag. So oh, yeah. yeah, Garth Ennis we, is a good segue if we want to jump into something. Like, then like take it and run. The the Oys Bay. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Which I haven't seen yet. We have code words here. So, <laughs> so this week we saw some uh, sad news. I think that the Vertigo Comics imprint is going away. Uh, they're shutting down. I think it the, makes sense. I mean, yeah. I think uh, so. I want to know what do you have? You guys been picking up anything Vertigo related like recently? Because I, I went through my stuff and I don't. The, the last thing I picked up was um, Paul Dini's The Dark Knight. Oh, I guess Dark Knight. I guess the true yeah, story. Yeah, the true story or something. I, I guess that would be the the most recent thing. I, I got the the new Sandman stuff with the the relaunch that they did with the anniversary, but it's not like Neil Gaiman uh, because other people are doing them. So yeah. it's uh, Sandman. The, um, I'm trying to remember the other five. The titles. Dreaming. Dreaming. Uh, uh, books it, of Magic. Um, but I but I haven't continued to buy them, so right. obviously I, it's kind yeah, of yeah. I picked up off. the first dream. The was it called the Dreaming? The first one. Yeah. The first big one. To bring it to everything, the dreaming or it was Sandman. It's well, yeah, whatever the big book was to kind of launch, relaunch that uh, the, those storylines. I mean, I I think the, the you know the the last uh, I'll put this in air quotes real Vertigo title that I read, as in like I saw it listed, it sounded interesting. Uh, I picked it up. Was a miniseries that I read because I thought we might do it for the comic book club and then it didn't end up being that great called bodies body who wrote it i'll have to look <laughs> it up um it it, it it was sold to me because it was described as i think the one sentence pitch was a uh a postmodern existential time travel serial killer story and i was like oh Whoa. i want to read that yeah and it just it was interesting enough that i read all eight issues but it fell kind of flat at the end. Um, what was y'all's first up. Vertigo book? Were y'all buying anything oh, that yeah. went Vertigo? I was, I was working at a comic store when Vertigo... <laughs> I mean, that Vertigo tour that they did yeah. came to our, our Whoa, shop. Whoa, how was I, it? I missed it. Oh, Josh. I know. Um, all my all my friends I worked with have photos of them with uh, uh, shit. <laughs> Who was the, it? The, the, the first launch of... Because uh, that was that was Animal Man, Swamp yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, well, but, but the... But the the critters they had going, it was um, 
Oh god, I'm just I'm blanking on his name. Um, what book? He did Shade, The Changing Man. But it wasn't James Robinson. No, no, it was before that. Um, oh, we just got a oh, message. Shade, the Changing Man. Um, yeah, the Calpedia is down today, so yeah. we won't be able to reference that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we're running a little slower without I'm someone who knows everything. Literally holding a phone in my hand. I'm just not bothering to look it up. Hang on. Who wrote um, Shade? Was that? I think the listeners want to hear us guess for thirty minutes at least. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like uh, every night I spent with my friends in college. Yeah, um, when we didn't have internet, we we're just like, "Well, or, I think or, it's this. Well, or, I think you're wrong." Or dates, but we'll um, never know for sure <laughs> until three we'll, weeks later. We'll never know. Okay, so bodies going back. Bodies was written by uh, Cy Spencer. Okay, uh, who I, I'd never heard of. The, the whole team was new to me. Um, let's see if I can. Get this, uh, bu- 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 yeah, just Cy Spencer is mm. no, well, he's the artist, I'm not sure who the writer is. Um, and then who am I thinking of when I say his name? We're all gonna go, Oh, that guy, uh, two hours later, Peter Milligan. Peter Milligan, I knew yeah. it was a P, and I was just yeah, like, so he's, he's written a ton of Vertigo stuff. When, when I'm editing this, I'll just go from when you ask the question <laughs> to this moment. To me saying Peter Milligan. <laughs> exactly. And so then you're going to leave everything now on you after know how it. to edit. I'll just so be confused. Like, be, why are they acting like so much time went in between There'll be those? no break in between, <laughs> like... Like we know stuff. Well, that way people will think you know comics, you know? Like, oh, thanks, thanks. No, um, I need you to do that for my entire life. Uh, <laughs> no one has that kind of time. <laughs> my... my f- <laughs> so, I did, I did put a tweet out this week for an editor for, like, before I make any posts or tweets. Just mainly oh, for I grammar saw that, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mainly for grammatical errors and stuff like that. Make sure my things make sense. Sometimes yeah. I only I, I just write I instead of you because they're they're next to each other on the phone, and as romantic as it is, <laughs> it's a pain in the ass when I'm tweeting. <laughs> Sorry, back back to Vertigo. Back to Vertigo. Um, I was reading Animal Man at the time, and so it was Jamie Delano and I think Steve Pugh was on art, and that book just shifted. Wow, when it when they yeah. said yeah, it's going to be a vertigo talent. I think it changed around issue fifty one. It just got way darker. Yeah, and well, and that's the thing is that like th- those those launch titles were all ongoing series, right? There was was there an original vertigo? Oh, you know what? It may have been Black Orchid. Was Black Orchid an wow. original? Wow, yeah, they did have some launches of some limited series. Because that was Gaiman's first. Ooh, I don't know. I think it was. I think Gaiman's first Vertigo title before he got uh, Sandman was Black Orchid. What do y'all feel are the pillars of Vertigo? Like, through that whole time period, what are the four titles that keep that, that people will always talk about? Sandman. I I think, I think the... What? (laughs) I think the pillars of Vertigo should be things that were not something before going into Vertigo. Oh, okay. So like, not oh, swamp. Okay, thing, I see. Yeah, yeah. Preacher. Because even so, though Alan Moore, yeah, uh, I got swamp you. thing yeah. came into into the, I think Doom Patrol as well rolled Doom into Patrol. it. Right? Doom Patrol did. But I think those were Sandman already, did as yeah, well. Those were, that was not why the 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 imprint was made. I think the imprint was made to do different kinds of things, like Swamp Thing. Um, like I think Why the Last Man. Why the probably Last Man. Yeah. Part of the I, I don't know Vertigo Renaissance or like. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first book that I Vertigo book that I've read all the way through, like completely. Like yeah. I read all sixty issues. 
preacher. Preacher. Uh, preacher. Now, yeah. now the problem is with something like uh, Transmetropolitan. That well, came out of Helix. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Is it didn't start in Vertigo. Yeah. It came out of Helix. And this is kind of my like. Okay, so I can I can understand them. So the reason they shuttered it supposedly is restructuring all of the imprints to more clearly have three labels for ages. Yeah. Right? So presumably there's a child's, I guess a mainstream, and an adult. The black label will be right. the adult. But the thing is, is that's why Vertigo was created in the first place. You had all these existing titles like Swamp Thing, Hellblazer. Sandman, Hellblazer, that were already veering towards this very mature content. And not just... And, and I think that was the brilliance of Vertigo. And we have to give... Um, God, I can't remember anyone's name this morning. Um, Karen Berger. Thank you. I was going to say Kate, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not right. We have to give uh, Berger so much credit was it wasn't about mature content, meaning nudity and swearing and gore. It was about concepts. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, if you look at Sandman's, I mean, that first storyline, perhaps a little bit, particularly the second storyline, are gory to a certain degree, but it was the ideas in it. Yeah, And so I think she recognized there needed to be an imprint to not only give artists and creators more freedom, but to let them to explore ideas in, in the ways that they wanted. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it gives them the, a chance to play in another genre. It's kind of like, right. you know, everyone's just doing superheroes here. What if we did body horror? What if we did, yeah. you know... So they have a couple of things that they could have... Uh, so they got to expand by seeing like other stories that they could tell. They didn't necessarily right. have to be superheroes. They didn't have to be Swamp Thing, Animal Man. I'm trying to think of the other superheroes that kind of crossed over in that area. <clears throat> but then you got your standalone stories that were great that had endings like Preacher. Yep. Uh, Why the Last Man. Yeah. I loved stories that went in that said, we have a beginning and an end. Yeah. And, uh, man, one of the bummers, I was buying Preacher off the shelf at the time, and my store missed one issue. That issue has been missing ever since, and I recently found it, and apparently it's the first appearance of someone because it's the 13th issue, and so it was, like, really expensive. So for me to complete my whole set, I have to buy that one issue. Oh, no. And it looks like 60 bucks. Whoa. It was a Titan. I could probably find it cheaper, so I'm holding out. Just print out the digital. Staple it. No. I know. I'm kidding. Um, real. 3D print it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, So the... The um, God, more editing. Thank I know. God. I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> I, I didn't sleep well last night. Um, you know what? Okay. You're gonna edit this one. I'll send you the files. Oh, oh no, no, no. Does, so, does Marvel need an imprint like? Well, I think well, they did. That's what Isn't the beauty the, of Marvel Knights or Marvel right, Max okay. was, right? Yeah. I think. Well, Marvel Max, yeah, Marvel Max does still exist. But I look at a book like Vision and go, should that have been an adult book? I, well, I think also kind of the brilliance of Vertigo was as it continued, it veered more and more away from their mainstream characters. Mm-hmm. So think of just all the characters created just for Vertigo, right? Oh, yeah. You I know, mean, comics are like maybe 10% of that. Right, exactly, exactly. Now, and, now I want to find the real numbers and see every title that was put out and yeah. what, what percent was superheroes. Well, and so I, and, and, and this is very, I will say very, um, idiosyncratic but um when vertigo came out i remember again i was working at a comic store in san antonio a bunch of my friends worked there one of my friends had just come out uh and what was interesting was the fact that he i I can't remember if he ever explicitly said this but 
so many of the Vertigo books embraced gay characters that I think he really responded to that. And, and we all did, right? You had, um, I remember, uh, uh, oh, God. Uh, I, I'm so sorry. I can't He's think of anything this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry, Daniel. Um. Well. Oh. Okay. So I'm gonna so, find so many little sound drops like ten minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> so one book in particular that that I loved at the time, I think, t- tapped into all this and showed what Vertigo, as it kind of stretched its wings, could do, was the book miniseries Kiroskiro, which is a basically a comic biography of Leonardo da Vinci plays really heavily with the idea that he may have been gay yeah. and um, beautifully drawn, well-written, I think sold terribly because I was like the only person buying it, I think. But, um, but it, I mean, it had nothing to do with superheroes, it had nothing to do with what ma- mainstream comics were doing. And I think it just kind of doubled down on, on what they were allowing Vertigo creators to do. Yeah, I think uh, there was a, a standalone Vertigo issue of... Uh, Garth Ennis did about the IRA. Oh, because right. Yeah. It was basically saying this is kind of what he lived through. This is his story. This is his angle. Yeah. You know, so because people just didn't know. Well, and didn't, did Vertigo reprint his pre-American comics that were also very, I, I like, I, I, like his war comics? Yeah. I think so. Well, that and then also there, there was one about a priest in Ireland, I seem to remember. And then the, the boys was, was that pre-Vertigo or was that after Vertigo? I think. That had to be after Vertigo. That's being. Was it after That's IDW, isn't Dynamite's it? Dynamite's reprinting. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, now, as far as. Now, The Losers was Vertigo. Oh, that's right. the one the I'm losers. thinking of. Okay. The Losers were Vertigo. So underrated. Such an underrated book. And it's only like well, two trades. I was just looking through because uh, I have the Vertigo app. Yeah. Because there's. Wait, some, there, there's a Vertigo app? Yeah. Just like the Marvel app. What? Yeah. And the reason why I, why I got that, I put this on it years Goodbye ago. Goodbye, developers of, <laughs> of the app. Vertigo app. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it better in the, the DC Universe it's the same, app? It's a, well, oh, okay. I have not checked out the DC Universe oh, okay. app. I have the DC Comics app, which is pretty much the same thing as the Marvel app. I mean, it looks like the same person designed all these it's apps. It's all like reskin. Just like, it's yeah, all yeah. comicsology. It's reskin, all comicsology. Yeah. All right. Stuff. And so, yeah. but um, there was a couple of titles, Vertigo titles, because I haven't read much Vertigo. And there was a couple of titles I wanted to read. That's why I got the app. And now I'm scrolling through the app, and there is a ton of titles that I want to read. What well, is the top? Um, let's see. There's one thing I wanted to recommend to you mm-hmm. since you love Jason Aaron. Mm-hmm. Scalped. Scalped. Yeah, I was about to add. Um, Scalped, uh, 100 Bullets. Um, I didn't get 100 Bullets. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. I read the first volume and never read mm-hmm. past that. I just oh, I, I, also, um, I never even read it. I so. recently tried to read it. And the dialogue is a bit dated. Like, it, I want to keep reading it because I like both creators on it. Right. Azarello writing and um, Ed, Eduardo Rizzo on art. Mm-hmm. Especially because of Rizzo's art. But, but yeah, it's been a little, Let's it's see. a little tough. Um, Doom Patrol, Fables, which is something I think I, I, I've been wanting to read. That, matter of fact, that's it's, the reason why I got the app. Because I want to read eight fables. Volume, volume two of fables is one of my favorite trends. And I think that when she gets a little bit older, she'll like fables too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good one. And then, um, let's see, Hellblazer, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, oh, yeah. The Losers, Preacher. Uh, Vertigo. I did not so is, that. The wow. league, is the league that you're currently reading not going through Vertigo then? Oh, no, no. It's uh, it's their their own. Okay. It, it's uh, Morrison's 
More. More, I'm sorry. God bless. Uh, more is publisher. Oh. I literally am holding a cup of coffee right Duncan, here. Duncan, <laughs> we do not endorse you for caffeine. Um, yeah. I, I guess when more was writing Swamp Thing, it was part of Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Sweet Tooth, Transmetropolitan. Sweet Tooth was Vertigo? Oh, that's I'm a great right book. Here. Jeff Lemire written um, in uh, Drawn. Drawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, v for Vendetta. Uh, Why the Last Ooh. Man. Why the Last Man. Um, the new movie that's coming out with... Um, Oh, the kitchen. The kitchen. Yeah, uh, that's a Vertigo title. Yep. Do you guys think there were ever Vertigo titles before Vertigo? What was the adult stuff they were doing? Yeah, I mean, I think um, Watchmen. Certainly, but yeah, that whole that whole eighty uh, eighty four eighty five eighty six yeah. kind of period. I think even maybe the Dark Knight. Dark Knight Return. Came out oh, certainly. Because Vertigo I, existed. I think. I, I, I mean, I think I think for DC, particularly in the eighties, I think their their premium books yeah. were kind of the adult fare. And then for Marvel in the 70s, it was their magazine format. So when you were reading Conan and that sort of stuff, yeah. they tended, I mean, they weren't straight Vertigo books. They weren't that. But they were adult. And they but, didn't but they have were more to, adult oriented. They didn't have, because they were, they were magazines, they didn't have to apply to the comics. Exactly, right, right. So right. like the God, God Love Men Kills, X-Men graphic novel. graphic novel, yeah. I think that would have gone through something like Vertigo or Marvel, Marvel Max. Yep. Yep. at the time well and then there was Marvel Fanfare which was kind of Marvel's uh, if I say mature it was more their artist showcase yeah right? yeah because so. it was it, it was printed on the best paper at yeah. the time yeah and mm-hmm. done more like a prestige book than a comic yes mm-hmm. um, but to me Vertigo will you know I just remember reading Animal Man getting hooked on a book about a, a superhero dad who had kids you know, and had to make time and, and just, and then had to deal with the world of the red, you know, and then got to it, discover the world of the green with Swamp Thing. I just, I remember that story so well, and it's hard for me to read new Buddy Baker, you know, because that yeah. kind of cemented who he was at the time. So that, that that's how important that book was to me, because it, it, it kind of established Animal Man as this person. Um, so I have I have two more important titles one is is a pillar that we missed invisibles never okay no that's i've read read the first volume and didn't get it (laughs) oh well i mean that's morrison at his peak that's that is no but that is that is i'm such a morrison fan and that book never connected with me i didn't get it i didn't under like beautiful covers apocalyptic is like one of the coolest looking trades from there with Brian Boland cover? I think so, yeah. I love Brian Boland's art, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brian Boland in Vertigo, if if they do anything, they should collect his covers because the artwork alone that Brian Boland contributed to that is just... Yeah. It's unbelievable. you got Neil Gaiman, who probably would be maybe one of the uh, tent poles of writers for Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Who, who would you put as the writers and artists of... Well, so um, Ennis, I think Ellis. Yeah. Ellis. Yeah, I mean, I think of the first generation. It's going to be more Morrison and, and Gaiman. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. The Brits. Yeah. Well, so there is a very good book. Uh, it's put out by Secuart. I forget the the author, but it's called the. British Invasion, and it's basically about this moment in American comics. And the book does a great job of setting up where each of those writers originated in the UK and then they're transferred to the US 
and then the um, the start of Vertigo. And what's what's great about it is not only how it tells that history, but it ends with an interview with Berger. And it, it is it's a fan. I mean, you can I think buy the ebook for like five bucks on, okay. on, on Kindle. It's not expensive. Um, highly highly recommend if you're pouring one out for Vertigo and want to kind of learn more about how it came from. Because in a lot of ways, Vertigo was I think needed in the comics industry at the time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If, but, if we don't have that, there's so many things that we don't have now. Oh, yeah, I yeah, mean. certainly. But it was needed at the time, but it also, in a lot of ways, was formed to accommodate this British invasion because they were writing at such a different... Was level? It, yeah, I, I was going to say level, and then I was worried that that somehow seemed crass. Um, mm. well, but, were, but it is. They, I mean, they, they were coming from... I mean, everything I've read in the docs, uh, I, think, I think it's really in Super Gods. That oh, he talks yeah. about, you know, we were all coming from Maggie Thatcher's UK. Right. That's where yeah. the writing came from. We were in a dark place. You get V for Vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> you get Watchmen. You get these things that people had lived through and they were like seeing the other side of. Yeah. Um, I think a better title for that documentary would be Rise of the Warlocks. Oh, what's that? I've never heard of that. I'm just saying there'd be a better title for that. For that, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, the rise of the warlock. You know, you you say that, and it's funny. There's an, another writer I like. Uh, 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 I'm going to screw up her name. Uh, last name is Sandifer. Uh, I think Elizabeth Sandifer, um, and she is writing a, 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 a from a series of blog posts a book. Uh, the first volume is out. Uh, that's basically that. It is. It is. It is a. How she describe it? It's like it's a magical history of the magical war between Moore and Morrison through oh, yes. through their comics. Right. And, uh, yeah, and it's it's also – I'll find the name of it. Hang on. Um, um, I wanted to talk about something I brought in because uh, because I felt like this is Marvel's vertigo. <laughs> the Vision book oh, yeah. has been one of the best purchases this year. I've just been – I wanted to come in and talk about it because I just absolutely love everything about this. This should be – the absolute edition if it was a DC book uh, Marvel should have actually created uh, this as a template for all of their hardbacks mm-hmm. um, half the book is just the trade is just the graphic novel good paper um, then as you finish you get all covers layouts it's unbelievable you get to see like you know the birth of all the covers yep um, then you get what I think is really the best trait of it is every issue has a, a script page, a layout page, an ink page, a color, and letters. So you see the true evolving of the comic from word to page. And it goes through every comic. It is unbelievable. This is the I, I think those are the, the best you can get. So when they did, uh, and I think the reason they have all this. Oh, and a letter page. They, they relaunched all the Vision they re- relaunched them all. Uh, it was two. You got two issues of the comic, and the director's notes. Yeah. And they did that, so they released six of those because there was twelve issues total. Uh, there's the pitch letter from yep. Tom King and what he wrote mm-hmm. to pitch uh, the vision to Marvel. Yep. So I think that's why they were able to collect all that stuff because they already had it ready for those re-release of the vision in the in that format of like two issues plus all the director's notes plus all that back matter. Yeah, if you, if you're a digital guy, totally worth it. If you're if you want to have books for your library and you want to have something all, totally worth the investment because you can go through this over and over again with so much content. Right. Just right. unbelievable. I just wanted to say, yeah. and it was a great book on top of that. 
Yeah, the story is. I mean, um, like I, I know I can read this like three more times and find. I find it. I found it was very funny that uh, on the last episode you were dying to talk about Mr. Miracle. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. And too. I remember when I read Mr. Miracle, how freaked out I was and wanted to talk to people about it, but nobody had read it yet. And then I felt the same way about the visions. Yeah. And that's the reason why I wanted to read Mr. Miracle, but no one had read it. Or some people had read it, but we really couldn't go that much in detail. Oh, I still and think it, about it. Yeah. Like, it's that big of a book where you're yeah. just like going, hmm. That's how hmm. I feel about Major X. I'm over here reading Major X by Rob Liefeld, and none of you guys want to talk about it. <laughs> I was just you kidding. guys, you guys can't see this Daniel's is the moment face right when, now. This is the moment when Daniel had to edit out ten moments of quietness as we stared at him. Yeah, in yeah. awe that he would be. In, you <laughs> should see the the flaming book. daggers shooting from all three of our eyes at Daniel right now. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, we could do a whole Rob Liefeld episode where it forces us to go through his entire history and find stuff we like. If you make me do that, I will be laughing the entire time because I will just. There's got to be something in there that you like. No, I, I Hawk and Dove. I don't even I like don't. I don't even like Hawk and Dove without Lee Field. Why would I want to read? They are really good in Titans. I think they're part of the better, like some of the best episode of Titans on DC app are the ones with Hawk and Dove. I still have to watch that. I, I haven't watch watch watched Titans. Yet. I agree. Yeah. She takes her clothes off. No. <laughs> More editing. Thanks, Clay. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's Clay's fault this time. Yeah. Um, it's not my awkward silences. But yeah, I love Visions. Uh, yeah, I love the I, I art. Think. I mean, everything seems to kind of fit. Like, this was the perfect book. As someone that has dealt with depression, and it's weird to say dealt with depression because you always, always do deal, deal with, with depression, yeah. right? Um, once you get to that point, you're constantly dealing with it. I think that's why I'm drawn to Tom King's work uh, because he he talks about these things and in kind of an entertaining way yeah. it's like um, like in Mr. Miracle you're trying to figure out what's going on with, with Scott Free right um, and you put the pieces together of who this person is and yes. you go he's an abused mm-hmm. raised not in his own home world so he's like stranger in a strange land he has all these different issues and then you start page one well, well, <laughs> and I think that was very interesting about his background is the fact that he's growing up in a world that isn't his, but is also aware that he's not from where he is, right? Like he knows there's a better place and that his real dad is somewhere else and his real dad's this cool guy and, you know, benevolent and and kinding and loving. And then he has his dad who's dark side. Yeah. Um, but, Stepdad issues. Yes. Man, I don't know. Orion didn't turn out so good. I don't know how good of a dad <laughs> High Father was. Yeah. yeah I think but, it says but more about was, Orion, right? Yeah, I was going to say, is that is is that uh, him or his environment? Oh, man, I don't know. High Nature Father, nurture. He chose to trade Scott for peace. I feel like, I don't know. I mean, but it brought peace to his people. I mean, that, that you can... You I would can, be willing to trade Baron Trump for peace with anyone. Well, I I, I, okay. If you have if you have a problem with... with, with now I'm going to have to find the bleep button, too. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, and this is... Throw in the, the other F- kids, too, Eric. I don't, I don't think Eric... Anybody wants him. Hey, you're ready And this is when the FBI burst in. Um, oh, no. If you have a problem with High Father giving up Scott Free to find peace for his world, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on the Judeo-Christian God sacrificing his own son that was also himself though 
Uh-oh, we oh. got religious. This, this is, is this is a genre I'm not a fan of. So let's oh. see where it goes. Oh, isn't isn't so, let's get back so to so going. So. Isn't this just a religious version of the trolley problem? I mean, it's like, do you right. yeah. do you kill yeah, one for many, you know, right. to save many, or vice versa? No, no, so. and, and I'm not. I just wanted to kind of play devil's advocate to High Father mm-hmm. because I I, I, don't, I haven't read much of the character, but what I have read, he's not. It doesn't well, I mean, seem like. It, 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 see, that's it, one of my goals well, this year is New Gods. I well, want to get through New Gods. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to get through New. Gods. I'm just gonna wait till Tom King streamlines but, it in a movie for me. <laughs> I think that's true. I'm, I'm kind of with you in this one, Daniel. I think that's a through line for any any mythological deity mm-hmm. who's like the the hot because you have Odin. Yep. Odin's a freaking. Oh, I, he's um, the worst. Zeus. Zeus is awful. Zeus is an awful father. <laughs> Jupiter's an awful father. Yep. Um, the God in in the Torah or the Old Testament, he, he's a vengeful. Yep. Yep. I mean, it, it's kind of weird that if you throughout mythology and you look at these guys that that we as humans have worshipped, the head guy is usually not a person you really want to hang out with, right? Yeah. But to get off of that story, because that could be a whole different three-hour episode. Every cult I've been a part of. Yeah, right. (laughs) But in visions, you deal with um, deal with his wife having a mental breakdown. Yeah, I mean, even though she's a robot, but or android, I'm sorry, but she's obviously having a mental breakdown. I think Tom King knows what the real anti-life equation is, and he writes about it every time. (laughs) Right. It's depression. It's what Uh, breaks you. I'm just glad that we got Viv and she joined the champions and she's doing a lot better. Viv is a cool character. Yeah, Viv I love is Viv. Cool. Yeah, and I I really appreciate that. I guess I've seen some stuff on Twitter. Whoever's writing Viv next, like they're like, uh, this next storyline. You know, we gave Tompkin a heads up. He's like, he's cool with us going forward. Whatever's going on. Because sometimes Viv goes through a lot of shit. And <laughs> well, she's a robot, so you can, and but you still feel that emotional attachment. So there's a storyline where she becomes human. It's like a. It's what? in Champions. It's in Champions. She becomes human. Yeah, I, can, I, don't know I guess I, they always do that with robots. I was like, isn't it's that? It's always the Pinocchio. It's, it's Pinocchio. Yeah, exactly. But so I don't want to spoil the story. She looks for love. There ends up being two Vivs at some point. Does she prove that a human can cry? One is yes. a robot. One is <laughs> the human. It's really good. Just go read Champions by Mark Wade. Okay. Oh, right. and, that's a Mark uh, Wade story. Yeah. yeah. So I think you. Know, I think it's the the previous run of Champions from what's going on right now. So I, I really enjoy that. I, I have a lot of those uh, issues. Um, so yeah, go check it out if you want to see more Viv. That's right. where she's hanging out right now. Um, I'm getting I'm getting finished up on Realms as the limited series finish. I'm just reading them. I'm not reading them in order anymore. I just want to read the story because everything's yeah. out of order. So, so next one comes out this week. The last one comes out. Yes. As well. Yeah. A recording as of June 23rd. I think next week we get six, but we still also get a bunch of tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I'm just gonna wait till somebody puts everything in a nice chronological order because I have yeah, all the stuff happen. I want to read. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is, is that they create. I mean. Okay. I don't mean Marvel for sure. Third party. You mean you, you mean some kind benevolent person on the interwebs? Well, there's who, a, there, there, or, um, or who's obsessed and goes, "This is wrong." Yeah, yeah. I found an app or it's, it's, a, a web page that has from, uh, the chronological yeah. order. Is it How to Love them? Comics? I think so. Yes. Yeah, yes. How to Love Comics. We'll yeah. put it in actual. They put it in order. order, and that's how I've been trying to read right, it. Right now, they just have the release order, which we now know it's not really chronological. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, so I'm just going to wait till they do it. They'll do another article. This is how you read War of the Realms. And then I'll 
so I think when we break down and do a War of the Realm show, we need to map out the inconsistencies. We need to go through and go, okay, this book is listed as third, and what happens in it oh, is right. later here, yeah. and we have to go back here. Sounds That's like an editor should have done that. Yeah. Well, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but how many editors this, they have? Um, last he collected week, his paycheck. Last, I didn't pick up any pulls this week. Um, Heresy. Well... <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. It's called life and bills, and <laughs> yeah. I'm broke. So, but uh, and the and to be honest with you, if you're on a budget, War of the Realms, if you want to get everything, it will break you. Yeah. Um, and I, so I'm coming up with totally still working on, on the calculations. Yeah. I'm, I, I, well, here's the funny thing. Well, you so, showed us that ad last time. That was yeah. just like one. It was yeah, like it was, one month, right? Yeah, one month. It, but I was. Uh, what was the what? Um, The the comic book store I go to, uh, Pastime. Yeah. Uh, they get, they have this rewards program where they give you a point for every dollar spent. Hmm. And I pretty much started going there when War of the Realms started. What two months ago? Mm-hmm. So just I, on War of the Realms, you have a billion points. I was like, so, I have like a, so you're a part owner. I have <laughs> I have like close to eighty points. Or 85 Damn. points. Wow. And that's only with a couple of books that aren't War of the Realms. Someone, someone at Marvel's going, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> they're it like, worked. They're like, you oh, know? we got Adrian. <laughs> and, the, and the sad part about it is they probably have me with um, House of X. I, I'm, I watched a video this week with um, Hickman. And I'm he kinda, sold you? Well, him and the other, there were some other creators like Jerry Duggan uh, was on that video. Is and he doing an X book? I think he'll end up doing that. But, I hope so. Um, it, it just it kind of sold me on it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the very least, they're canceling all the other X titles. There's only going to be these two books, and I'll check it out. And if I like it, then we'll see where we go. But we know we're going to get like twelve freaking X books after it. Right? Yeah, I was going to say. When was the last time we only had two X? That's what I was about to say. Like 1980. I mean, aren't there like at least five old right Man now? Logans? Right now, there's uh, six. Seven X Men books going. Well, you got the all the Age of X Men. Age stuff. of X Men. So that's stuff. six books. There. But those are all limited series. And then so the Uncanny X Men. Yeah, which it, which, which just ended. One. Did it? it Twenty of the last. Twenty one? was okay, the last one. I need to catch up on that then. It, why? I did. That, that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is like, why read a twenty issue story that they were already trying to get re- but, replace but with Hickman? I don't. I don't. Mm. I mean, I don't know if this is for everyone, but. I just want to read good stories regardless of the continuity, you know, whether... Well, true. Yeah, yeah true. okay. You, yeah. I mean, and, and so that's, that's, I think, the ideal comic reader, yeah. right? Um, but I feel like when, when, a, when, a, just, when Marvel says, we're, gonna, we're looking at Hickman, I look at that book as like a throwaway. Like, they don't right. care enough exactly. about that book to invest anything in it. I've bought books like that before, and a lot of times the art's inconsistent. I mean, the last book I remember buying and going... I don't know why I'm buying this anymore. Was a Generation X, and this, and it only went like eight issues. It was that bad, hmm. and it had incredibly bad art. Wait, you don't like Gen X? The 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 last yeah the one, that came one. Out, the last one that came out it was like a couple years ago. Yeah, I like. And it was only book. eight issues. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, because I I love that book. It's the got, art was so inconsistent. That's what really that, irked me. Yeah, that, I mean that's true, but but it, it focused on a lot of characters that are more like tertiary that I like like. I Boy and Nature Girl and uh, Quentin Choir. Yeah, and then I do Jubilee, like, Quentin. like you get to see Jubilee, how she unvampires him. Like, they undo her vampire? They, uh, yeah, yeah, she's not a vampire anymore. Um, 
And that all happens in that book. And I'm like, Kitty Pride's in there, and they're in the school in, in the middle of uh, Central Park. That's where the new school is. Oh. So, dear listeners, if, like me, you've not read an X-Book since, I don't know, the late 90s, uh, <laughs> you're probably as confused as I am right now. Um, I haven't read X-Book since the late 90s. There's not really one I can recommend. I recommend No one, and that's the thing, since I started reading comics again, no one's been able to, the continuity is so jacked yeah. that no one can recommend anything. I mean, um, this one likes House of M, look, but I did look, not like it. I, I am what the, the inner refers to as X-Trash. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but X-trash. We went, like, I, I really enjoyed all, all of, the whole, everything that Bendis did with the X-Men. I enjoyed the majority of that stuff. Like, the Uncanny X-Men book and the... I made the uh, all know, new I X-Men still... with the with the younger X-Men in the, from the past and the future. Uh, time time travel's time always travel a... gets inconsistent, of course. Yeah, and it and when he did with Bobby, I didn't care for either. Where Bobby suddenly his younger version was like, I think I'm gay, and I'm like, wait a minute, we've had a character since 1962 that's now that we go back to his kid version, he thinks he's gay. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I, I just hate when they change existing characters to fit something. That they're trying to force instead of having a new character that can just be any way they want it to be. Right. So what Clay's saying is he's not against diversity; he's against good storytelling. Uh, yeah, or bad storytelling to fit a narrative. I but, mean, it just it, it, it's what they've been doing is trying to force different groups into what they have instead of just saying, well, "Why don't we create a new story for new people?" Like the, the Agents of Atlas stuff that's coming out. Like that's just. It's given us new diverse characters, but it's new diverse characters that are going to interact with all the people that we already know. And that way, if you want to read more about that, you can. So Yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I've come to appreciate with uh, the event books is these spinoffs that, when they are good, um, I mean, that, mystery, that Journey into Mystery, written by podcasters, is really fun. It is the funnest book yes. it's out not of that I agree. series. I agree. Um, not written by us, other podcasters. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that hey, call is Marvel. Well, they, I was like, they missed an opportunity. Um, look so, at all this amazing content we're providing. Right. I, I'm, I've, I've, I've got, got X plans. <laughs> all my, all my pauses. Um, so, Adrian, are you excited? <laughs> this is gonna be blank bubbles, blank word balloons, <laughs> just dot dot pages, dot. Yeah. it's like like in manga. Um, so, Adrian, are you excited about the Hickman stuff because he's effectively throwing out all of that continuity? Baby with the bathwater. I think a lot. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, I liked Hickman's run on the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. It was it's great. It's great. I, um, I agree. I need to read that. It's good. Um, I am one of the few people that actually like the Secret Wars. Well, and so um, yeah, you are. With his Fantastic Four. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It, it all started from like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was an, no. I can. I can. I can see the. I can see the origins of now, it in in his FF. But that I think. Um, Secret Wars is a lot like War of the Realms, where you have one creator on this one book yeah. building up something and then having a natural um, event happen out of it. Um, I think War of the Realms is a lot more... Uh, I think it is better executed hmm. than Secret Wars was, but I actually like the Secret Wars And, and it seems that Marvel's kind of stumbled into this idea of like, okay, whatever the big events come in, whoever's planning it, let's have them on the Avengers, which is the flagship title, 
which will drive the narrative for the world. Wow, that is, and, and again, that is such a different idea to, for me because when I was reading comics, Avengers was not the flagship title. Well, I mean, it, it kind of... Well, yeah, I guess because maybe it was X-Men more. Yeah, so oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it, it was certainly It still X-Men. feels like they're, they have... Marvel has, like, Avengers and everything else Marvel mm-hmm. and the X-Men. Like, like if they were owned by separate companies, kind of like the movies were. Well, Because even though they cross over a little bit, yeah. like, all the big stuff kind of happens separately. Just because I think both worlds are so big. Yeah. And which, I, which is like why I'm really interested in uh, catching up on all this Age of X-Men stuff. Because they are literally in a different dimension. Like, it's separate from any continuity and anything that's going on in the 616 is just happening all kind of like the age of apocalypse stuff that was Mm -hmm. just all happening on its own separately Uh, so I think the last few books of age of X-Men come out this week or maybe in the next few weeks so I'll be reading all that stuff I did go to Comixology to see how much that would be to read everything Mm -hmm. even with the buy one get one uh, sale that they have going on right now because all their titles are uh, full price still it comes out to about $40 to buy everything that I still don't have because I've been buying some books, but everything that I still need. Man. Uh, but but it's weird because their digital trades are so cheap if you pre-order them. They end up being like $9. Yeah, which is what happened when I pre-ordered Core of the Realm. So it, it, was, it, was yeah. like, it was like 10 bucks. It was on sale so to pre-order it. So. It's weird that Marvel will charge you $20 for five books, and then they'll charge you $9 for that same five books digitally when it's all collected in trade. I guess it's maybe like a reward for waiting. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like they already have it. They're just extra money. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I just kind of wait for the trade or wait for it to be on Comixology Unlimited or uh, Marvel Unlimited. I, the, I've decided that if my comic store closes, I will probably go all digital except oh. for X-Men and maybe Fantastic Four. But all those DC Black Label titles... They're coming out no. so good. No, they're not going to do them digitally. I mean, they are, but like, well, wouldn't you want to have that nice prestige format book that doesn't fit in any current box I have? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't you matter. You got bookshelves, don't you? <laughs> See, and they this got is the square spine. Yeah, and, and that's what I did. I took out all my prestige books and put them in the yeah, bookshelf. Are, oh, because right. You can see. You the, can see the I think the those spine. belong on the bookshelf. They don't belong yeah. in a box. Yeah, and that's because because I was. I've been categorizing, but, but God, it. it's like it's like reading uh, the the sides of LPs, you know, like yes. like the text is like six, you know. Which I also cataloged this past week. Oh, good lord! All man. my albums, but you can you can put them in a magazine bag and board if you want to bag and board them. Yeah, yeah. Which not all comic stores sell you individually, Mm-mm. but uh, Boomerang Comics in Louisville does. So if you need a one or if you need three, <laughs> one, for one, your, one magazine, if you need three for your. Uh, <laughs> For your title that you picked up, that you picked one of, uh, you can get them there. I have a question for the panel. Um, I've been, because of War of the Realms, I, and then a recommendation by Daniel uh, that Volume 3 of the Avengers is really good. Oh, oh yeah, the War of the Vampires. War of the Vampires. Um, I, um, Marvel Insider, you know, you get points for buying comics and doing all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I had enough points to buy volume one uh, and I read it and Jason Aaron does this weird thing where he he plays with time travel and there's like you have your current person but there's a 
a backstory to him. And he does a lot of jumping around and he plays with mythology and stuff, um, which I think is great. He does a really good job. Do you think he'll have to change that style after a while? Because he came up with this idea called the Prehistoric Avengers. Yeah, I like that. I did too. I, I thought it'd be cheesy. the original Iron Fist, yeah. Black Panther, Go, Ghost, Ghost Rider riding Ghost on Rider. a mammoth. Yes, <laughs> I yes. want to see yeah. this. The original Black Panther, uh, Panther God, nice. Um, Agamotto. Oh, yeah. The original the, was the, Supreme Agamotto. Does he lose his eye? Uh, he combines them into one. Oh, I haven't right. got to that point yet. But <laughs> well, Spoiler. I mean, just like his no, store run. Have you, have you read any of his store run? So he, in the same comic, what he'll do is, in the same book, like 23-page book, he will tell part of the story of Thor from like 30,000 years ago. Oh. And then Thor, current Thor, and then Thor in the future where he's old King Thor. Whoa. That's Asgard. the one coming up with yeah. Eric. He's doing the art uh, with Eric's, what's his last name? Oh. God. Oh. Eric, um, I'll look it up. Yeah. But Daniel will edit it. So... He's doing no, this, he won't. Make me sound he, real he's smart. Doing, he's doing the same thing with the Avengers, where he's telling the story about um, the prehistoric Avengers and how things they did back then are causing some crazy stuff to happen now. And it's really good, but I don't know if he'll if he can keep going to that well with different characters. Or, well, I think the the cool thing is that you can. There's so many characters. That you could do it for a while and like never like it'll take years to get back around to like someone sent me a text. Can you imagine if there was like if they go back and they do like the the Moon Knight from like ten thousand years ago or whatever, like the actual god? Yes, I'm. Like, wouldn't you like to see that? Yeah. Could you see Jason Aaron doing a Moon Knight book? What? Could you see him doing a moon? Oh night well, hell yeah! Oh, I, we got too excited. <laughs> I know. He's like, like, "Wait, this has been announced. How did I not know? Why did my moon night uh, <laughs> notification not go off?" Yeah, Hello, comic store. <laughs> no, sir, that comic doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Why, <laughs> sir? Why? <laughs> I mean, because he's Make done such a great job with Thor. I mean, he's been writing Thor since 2012, and uh, I guess he's not really wrapping up with War of the Realms. But I mean, it's a good because he's going into. King Thor. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, is that the new book he's, he's writing? King Thor? King Thor. Oh, wow. That's what he said this week. Okay. I didn't see that. Um, I know he's writing uh, Conan, which is kind of fits into his style where you can tell a little bit of mythology. It's like Thor yeah. without all the powers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and it's funny. You said King Thor, and the first thing I thought of was King Conan. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. So, right. yeah. So, I mean, he can probably stay well, on. Well, he's also writing Conan, and, and he has, like, yes, he he has, has a library of Conan books that he, he's been researching to, to write Conan. So, I'm sure he sees that stuff and just goes, Thor would be cool. <laughs> and it just amazes me. Like, reading that New Avengers book, I think. I need to get caught up on that. Uh, it, it was really good. Like, I bet uh, you have um, some insider points I could get some. Yeah. Um, e- either that or use them for your yeah, the volume Marvel Unlimited. Vo- vo- volume 1 is... Um, it's one of the rewards. I think it's like 60,000 points. Okay, I got you that. You can pick that up. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, again, Marvel Unlimited, if you want to read old stuff, it's great. That's why I'm reading all the Star Wars stuff, pretty much. Because it's. I'll just wait six months. Like it, It's not like I'm... I'm not missing out on anything, really, other than... The only thing I'm buying is like Vader and the one-shots yeah. that mm-hmm. they're doing. But the main the main Star Wars book, I'm just waiting till it comes out on... Uh, 
Well, they, Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, I have us down doing a whole digital show so we can go through and talk about pros and cons of everything on there because you had like some solid research into yeah. that. Yeah, we're well, I still have to look over that. Yeah, we can pick it's gonna be good to go through and the pros. I can and tell cons you one thing: I hate how DC does digital. I, you know, hey, I here, here, some, brother. I got some. <laughs> I got some DC to redeem, so I'm curious to see how it's going to go. You don't like it? Well, uh, is it as bad as Marvel's? Like I said, we, we've talked about it before. I have fallen back in love with the comic book store, the mm-hmm. physical brick and mortar, going in, sifting through long boxes, talking with you know uh, the, the the community mm-hmm. portion of that. Because I mean, you go in. And there's always going to be a conversation either between you and the, the clerk uh, or you and somebody else that just happened to wander in there. There's always some good nerd talk, and there's you don't have that when you buy community. I'm sitting there in my bed in my underwear. Click. There it is. You know, and You're I doing reading. it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I like, I, I like the, the tactile going to the store, getting a physical copy. And like what Marvel does it is that I get the physical copy, I open it up, I go get the digital code, download it, and I can read, because I like reading digital. Um, I don't care what Josh says, I like the digital experience. Here, here, brother. Um, <laughs> but I also like, I, I, I have that physical book. I like both, yeah. You know, um, if someone wants to borrow it, they can borrow it, or if it's gonna be a, I don't even look at it as a collector's, it's weird, because I don't look at the, the value of it later, you know, maybe if uh, like the North Texas comic book show is coming next week, maybe yeah. if I have a copy, I can take it out, go get it signed, you know, to have that experience with that creator or whatever. But I don't look at it like, like we were in the nineties. Oh, if I buy this book, it's going to be worth, I can send my kids to college later. Right. Yeah. I don't look at it that way, but I look at it as supporting my local comic book store because I like that community experience. Mm. Yeah, and, 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 and I do too. But I also love the digital experience. I love the guided view and I just love everything about it. I and love it when guided view works. Yes. Because yeah. th- that'll be my argument with Marvel Unlimited. Guided view does not work in a lot of their books. I, I feel before we do that episode, you need to check out current uh, Marvel Unlimited. Okay, if I read uh, uh, books then and how would they be current if they fixed it? I mean, because you would have to go back through your entire library to see all the problems that they created because they would cut boxes and they wouldn't be no, in order. I, I remember I was reading, I read the, this is a, I read it from a New Mutants book. I read old, it from old Power story too. Yeah, yeah. It feels like the X-Men just got the shaft because they're, uh, their layouts for the X-Men books were always kind of out of the box, um, out of the normal, normal stuff. So it's a little harder to crop. But even then, like you know, if you just don't do the guide review, if whatever, we'll we'll save it for the digital podcast. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll get into that because because there are, there are definite cons for sure, for sure. Uh, but you know, if you're hunting for a book, I mean, that's been my thing. I've been trying to put together. Uh, I want to put together an episode about a character, so I've been trying to find all the books. Well, I could go digital and just get them all, right? right. But it's yeah. been fun questing because now yeah. I have like this stack of books and trades that's all just this one character and I think when I read it and do the show I may give the whole thing away once you finish all your notes that stack's gonna fall on you and then that's it that's where you (laughs) where you died but but you finished I died as a comic book hoarder (laughs) I I died as I lived (laughs) under comics well so you know it's I've been thinking and, and this won't disrupt our future 
digital discussion. But um, so I, as you know, I've said in past uh, episodes, I've been excitedly reading the very final League of Extraordinary Gentlemen miniseries. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever read any of it, so for the panel, yeah. have you guys ever read? Oh, yeah. Did you read Black Dossier? No, I never made it through Black Dossier. Okay. Actually, I own it, but I've never finished it. So uh, I don't know why. There's an, well, what part of the reason may have been is that when you get to the end of Black Dossier, it is almost entirely in 3D. And it comes, the, the printed book came with 3D glasses in it that you had to assemble to finish reading it. So that being said, and I don't want to spoil anything for this final series, but I've, it, it, it hasn't been an easy read, as I think a lot of contemporary more stuff is like, right? It, it tends to be a bit of a slog. But what I like about it is, as I step back, because there's only one issue left. It's a six-issue series. They released five. Six should be coming up pretty soon here. Um, what they've been doing is they've been doubling down on f- the fact that this is very much a comic that you're reading. Yeah. So you know how meta more can get. Um, Every issue begins with a little one-page bio of a famous British comic artist, and 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 they're straight-up bios. Like they're you know they're not, as far as I can tell, they're not making anything fictitious or whatever. But it it reads the whole format of the book looks like. And uh, just last summer, almost exactly a year ago, I taught a class on British comics. The whole format of the book looks and feels like. A British weekly comic. Okay. So it's like like you, Warrior, like that. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. And 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 in fact, every cover mimics. It, 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 if you look at every cover from the series, each one riffs off of a famous type of British comic. So, for instance, issue five is 2000 AD. I think the first one is a riff off of the old story papers, right? And so the, the, they're very clearly building all this stuff up. What is interesting, and so I'm reading it on Comicsology. What is interesting is, as the story expands and you begin realizing how much the fictional universe that has always been the subtext of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is taking over the world, essentially, they begin to intersperse 3D panels with the normal storyline. So first, I had to go fish out a damn pair of 3D glasses. Yeah, how'd you find uh, that? I pulled the ones out of my old black dossier print oh. copy. <laughs> you, that, uh, you could go to the store and buy the, they reprinted uh, one of the X-Men books in 3D. Oh, recently, did they? Very recently. Really? Yeah, I bought it because I was like, oh, cool. 3D. But did it ooh, make the story better? I haven't opened it yet. It's so still no. in the poly Oh, bag. you gotta pop that thing open, man. But, yeah. but what's been weird is there is this strange, so I don't know, I feel like that old red, green, red, blue uh, 3D in comics always felt like a very print thing to me. Yeah. And it, so it's been a little disruptive reading it on this bright OLED screen with my 3D glasses on that feel very 1950s. Yeah, it just of, seems like... It, it's it's a strange experience. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Josh has I, the, I the strangers to smoke while he's doing that. <laughs> well, just the way 3D would be on a digital 
And then, I don't know, that would just, that makes my eyes hurt thinking about it. I mean, reading it, it, it almost makes you feel like, and I can see this being a very more thing to do, that they want you to read this in print. I, I, I haven't seen any of the print issues. I need to go to a store and see them. I suspect they look and feel in the hand like a weekly British comic. Um, I don't know if they're that exact size or format, but I'm sure, like, holding it, opening it, you know, it, it, it must feel like it. Yeah. Um, they were all anthologies, weren't they? Except for 2000 AD. Well, 2000 AD just had different 2000 AD stories. Yeah, exactly. Um, e- Occasionally they had their own series, like maybe you would have 2000 AD Presents like Stronium Dog, and it well, would be as one thing. So as they go through the history, so they start with the story papers, which weren't even really comics. They're fictional anthology short stories with okay. th- illustrations in them. I want to say one of the uh, covers riffs off of um, Miracle Man. Okay. Or um, Marvel Man. Marvel Man. Um, and, and what's great is there is a, a backup story in it that is done entirely in black and white that is, is the younger versions of some of the superhero characters he's introduced in the series. I mean, it is, it is a wild ride. And it's All sort right, of well, thing, then I'll, I'll pull it off the shelf. Well, I, I, I regret reading it month to month. Like, I was so excited because I've been reading this since... I think the second volume came out. I picked yeah. it up, and then I went back and read the first. And I've just been reading it since. Like, every series that gets released, I have read. Um, this one is the first one I've read as it's been released. I almost always read them in trade. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to have to go back after it's all out and just kind of read it in a binge, start to finish, because it just it is so... It's so thick with just references. I mean, I mean, even more so than a typical league book. Yeah. Everything is just overlapping. It just well, his notes really are always insane. So yeah. to to bring forth just a page of Alan Moore yeah. from notes would be, I don't know how the artists do it. Well, and and one of the other things I really respect about this book is, and this is a weird comparison to make, but it's like Saga in the sense that it is the exact same creative team from beginning to end. And that's the best. And it is it is amazing. I mean, and to the point where you you know the two of them can't do it separately. There is nothing more disrupting than reading a book. In the middle of the book, the art changes. Yeah, and uh, you think, "Hello, Starman." Yeah, <laughs> and then you go, "Wait a minute." Yeah, is the story different? Is he in a dream? What's you know? Well, that's what I love about Why the Last Man. I think it was all Brian K. Vaughn and Pierre Guerra. Yeah, like it's all all constantly. Does, does Vaughn tend to do that? Like again, I haven't read much beyond Saga. Does he tend to work with the same artist? It feels that way. I mean, it yeah, feels I'm like trying to think so. of his books. Well, his run, Runaways was all the same artist. Uh, yeah, even yeah. Okay, and, and, I was just curious. And so. that one's even harder. Um, his Runaways harder because that's an actual book that comes out monthly so you would think like has, has it has same, to happen has they would have the same to have like, artist with uh, paper rules yeah it's all uh, yeah. oh Chang what is it right yeah that sounds right um, for some Cliff reason Cliff Chang Cliff Chang is yeah. a paper Cliff Chang yeah Thanks for joining us. You can find Next Issue at uh, on Twitter at Next Issue Pod on Twitch at Next Issue and on Facebook at Next Issue Podcast you can find Clay on Twitter at Clay underscore Harrison, Kyle at Kylepedia, Adrian at Adrian underscore Harry, Daniel at Echo Spider, and Josh at Cosmosis. Hail Bebo.